Welcome to On the Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us, and where we fucked it right up. Join us on the Wet Coast. Getting things started is not always easy. Sending that first message on a dating site, putting yourself out there with your romantic or sexy interest, asking for that first kiss, or even knowing how to flip that switch from social time to sexy time in a dating scenario or play party. On this episode of On the Wet Coast, Flick and I, Cat Stark, are discussing getting things started. We'll share a few tips and pointers of things that have worked for us in the past and where things can go wrong. Hey, everyone, welcome. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash on the wet coast. Tweet along with us with hashtag on the wet coast. You can follow us on Twitter at wet coast cat, that's cat with a K, at Sirius Flick, at on the wet coast. Read blogs, reviews, and more at on the wet coast.com. And email us comments or questions at contact at on the wet coast.com. And if you like what we're doing, please rate us and leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite platform. It makes a huge difference for us. Thanks. It's time to get things started. <laughs> Why don't we get things started? Would that would that qualify as fair use? I don't know, but that's why I didn't sing back to you. I thought <laughs> we might continue to sing and it would just, you know, it would snowball from there. It was it wasn't even a full line. Yeah. Don't I, don't I, sue us. I figure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Kermit the Frog, you know, uh, serving us papers. <laughs> <laughs> Why would Kermit be the one <laughs> throwing a summons at us? Well, he might be their lawyer. I don't know. Excuse me, are you Cat Stark? <laughs> <laughs> You're served. <laughs> Maybe he'd say you got served and then we'd have a dance off. <laughs> Uh, so we're failing to get things started. We really are. And so perhaps we are not the right people to be doing this topic, but we are anyway. So I, I guess this is mainly for uh, our fellow introverts out there, although maybe some extroverts could use some tips on how to how to get things started without stepping on toes. Yeah, I think a lot of people, regardless of whether they're introverted, extroverted, or, or somewhere in the middle, the ambiverts, are often shy. And it's, or it's just like, it's awkward. A lot of the time getting things started as we proved really well at the beginning of this episode is just <laughs> awkward. So it takes a lot of practice and, and it takes a lot of kind of leaning into the awkward sometimes to, to get things off the ground. Yeah, I think um, that's probably the biggest general piece of advice. Uh, my hot take, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, is that, um, Trying to figure out how to not make it awkward is is just completely misguided. Just yeah. acknowledge the fact that it's probably going to be awkward and maybe even say, you know, hey, this is awkward, but yeah. – and then, you know, and then go from there. Yeah. It's going to be awkward. That's okay. Yeah. Um, we kind of arranged the the topics here almost chronologically in terms of what you might encounter mm -hmm. um, from beginning to end, you know, starting from, uh, you know, meeting someone to getting it on. Yeah. So with with online dating, uh, came up with a few do's and don'ts as far as uh, getting things started. And, you know, the biggest do of them all, especially, you know, coming from someone uh, as, you know, a female presenting person on a dating site is I get a lot of messages. And the main do is read the profile. I can't tell you how many messages I get from people asking me questions that are answered in the first line or two of my profile. One, uh, ironically, something that has happened to me several times is someone has sent me a message that seemed to be a complete non sequitur, but that was actually a reference to something in my profile that I'd totally forgotten. <laughs> well, perhaps reading your own profile <laughs> on a regular basis is another really good yeah, do's, read the profile, including your own. Including your own, so that if someone sends you a non sequitur, that you actually know what the hell they're talking about. 
But yeah, it's it's maddening to have someone ask me if I'm into younger guys when like my the age range of my profile indicates that very clearly, asking me if I've heard of open relationships. Um, you know, like tell me more. Th- these kinds of things, you know, they're just not going to get a response because it's just maddening and I don't have the time to scold people um, for sending me messages that that aren't relevant to that. So uh, that is is the main thing. Um, and respond to things in the profile when you send the message and ask questions so that they have a reason to reply. Yeah. And from from what I understand, uh, you know, people who've studied online dating say that um, that a longer first response tends to get a better response rate that very, you know, very quick and off the cuff things, you know, especially you know, small talk or, you know, how is it going? Like people that doesn't really engage people. It doesn't give them and doesn't distinguish you in any way or give them a reason to reply. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get responses. Yeah. Like I understand that it's frustrating to send out a, you know, a lot of messages to a lot of people and you've put a lot of thought into them and crafted them individually and you don't get it, get responses. And that sucks. I get it. I've done it. I've sent plenty of messages to people who have not replied to me. So it's just, it's part of the game. Um, But you're going to have a lot more luck with the people who do actually respond if there's a reason to respond. The other, the other thing that is, that is, seems to be really common is people sending out cut and paste responses or cut and cut and paste first messages. Mm -hmm. So they've just got a boilerplate. And they, they generally don't even bother to tune anything else, tune anything, uh, directly to you at all. It's just exactly the same. And even if it's clever or entertaining, you know, when you read that, that they've just spammed that to everybody that, uh, that they were interested in. Yeah. And there are sites out there with like opening lines and stuff available. And I know a lot of people who will, you know, Google the phrase that they were sent and find that on one of those sites. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even if it is clever, I had someone send me a message recently that is like, do you sometimes message someone because you think they'd be great to kiss or something like that? And, you know, that's that's really cool. Um, but, you know, it wasn't about me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it might have been that they thought that I looked like, I, you know, I'd be good to kiss. But I don't know that from their message. Yeah. So even if you are crafting a unique original message for somebody, um, make sure that it doesn't look generic. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't look like this could be sent to literally everybody in your, in your, uh, in your list. Uh, one of the other things when you're, when you're sending messages in the, in the don't column, uh, is don't be sulky in your opening message. Um, again, it sometimes just comes from the frustration of having sent a ton of messages that no one has responded to, but don't open with somebody else with that kind of attitude of like, oh, you probably won't respond to this, or, you know, I send so many messages on this and no one has the decency to reply or things like I've, I've gotten these messages, you know, more than five or 10 times. And, you know, it's like, I don't, owe you anything stranger is the broader um, message here maybe don't guilt trip somebody you've never met or even someone you have met. or ab- don't, don't, yeah, don't guilt, guilt trip, trip. yeah <laughs> um, it's not a great way to but start a rapport yeah it's you know n- nobody owes you anything and this idea that you're gonna engender some sympathy and have someone like pity message you back is it's just shitty so don't do it and we shouldn't have to say it but just don't send unsolicited dick pics yeah, like, don't. I I don't. It's it's kind of baffling that that's a thing. Yeah, just so, don't. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's say you already know somebody, or you've you know you already have a you know a friendship or acquaintance with somebody. Uh, how about you know expressing interest, kind of breaking the ice, um, trying to figure out whether there is a mutual interest or attraction there. Yeah, it can it can be tricky, and especially with with friends that you might want to uh, turn into sexy friends. Uh, it's it's always really challenging to know how to make that happen. And I think one of the the main things um, for me is just to be really honest and clear what you're asking. Right. 
um, being vague and kind of like beating around the bush. Yeah. Cause asking them to hang out and they say yes. And then you're like, yeah, they want to, you know, hook up like that. Those are very different. things. <laughs> um, and so, you know, being incredibly clear is again, it's, it's going to be awkward and you kind of have to lean into it, but, but telling someone what you're looking for allows them to answer in a way that they actually understood the question. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and uh, sometimes it's going to be it's going to be an acquaintance or it's going to be someone that you you just met on a dating site. But you know, sometimes it might be somebody you've known for years, yeah. like um, you know, um, maybe a decade or more, um, and you have the sense that there might be some potential or some attraction there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so you know, in in some cases. There is a relationship that you you want to avoid, you know, risking or damaging yeah. as much as you realistically can. Yeah. Um, I sometimes I offer a safe word, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I say, you know, um, I want to I want to talk to you about something, and it's probably going to be, you know, a, a little bit awkward. If you want, then just say the word smoke bomb, and we will never speak of this again. Um, you know, and then kind of, you know, go on, you know, uh, I'm attracted to you. I wonder if you, you know, thought there was, there was any potential there, yada, yada, yada. So, and, uh, you know, people are often really amused at the idea of like having, having a, you know, a word to just abort the conversation. Um, but, uh, but so far no one has ever used it. It's always gone on to be productive conversations. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's awesome. I really like it and have totally stolen it because it's very useful. Um, it's mine. No, it's ours. Um, (laughs) and, and now it will be our listeners too. Um, but it, you know, you're welcome. It is a great option. And I think, you know, a safe word of some kind, but I, I particularly like smoke bomb because it's such a great visual. Yes. Um, so. Well, yeah, it's like you throw the smoke bomb and you vanish. The yeah. smoke clears and and you know and uh, no harm, no foul. Yeah, exactly. So it it has it has sort of many uh, and it has the virtue of being an archer reference. So um, <laughs> so fans of fans of archer yeah can uh, can enjoy that with you. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's got a lot of sides and gives it a lot of nuance. So I think it uh, is is quite effective in that in that scenario. And, and yeah, when I've used it, people have occasionally still said no, but have not, like I said, like have said, like, I don't need to smoke bomb, but I'm not interested yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. And, and that's cool. And, and, and we can just move on. And I think also emphasizing that no matter what the answer is, you're still cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, because um, that is sometimes people are afraid that the friendship is wrecked. If, if they say no, or if they say yes, and then it goes weird, or, you know, like, there's so many, so many factors, but making it really clear that, like, you want to ask them this question, but, you know, it doesn't matter what the answer is, you still really like them and want to be their friend. Yeah, there, there's, there's a couple of really important skills that are worth developing. And, you know, one is, uh, you know, accepting a no graciously, Yeah. you know, with, with, with kind of as much chill as possible. And also, giving a gracious no yeah um and you know and and these are these are things that may not come naturally but if you think about them in advance you know um just just to back up slightly before we elaborate on that a little bit um i think one of the important things when you're expressing interest is to um is to kind of keep it light light and positive yeah like don't uh, don't sabotage it. Don't make it really heavy. Yeah. Like, you know, I really want to talk to you about something, you know, like don't, don't make it a cancer talk. Like just, yeah. um, you know, uh, just, just keep it, uh, keep it light and as, as fun as you can. And one of the things that keeps it light is acknowledging awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, accepting, accepting a no graciously, um, you know, don't, don't sulk. Don't be, you know, don't be creepy about it. Um, you know, don't sort of, you know, continue to kind of drop innuendo or yeah. remorse, um, that kind of thing. Don't kind of, um, keep coming back at it yeah. to, you know, or, or say, you know, Hey, if you change your mind, you know, don't, you know, don't double down on it. Um, and, you know, and, and if you say it's, it's not going to be weird, hold yourself to that. Even if you feel weird, you know, don't, don't be weird, but, you know, just kind of, um, fake the, the chill that you may not feel, um, yeah. until, uh, until, until you get over the rejection. Yeah. 
Because, you know, it's usually going to be a bit weird. But, yeah. you know, if you say, like, it's not going to affect our friendship and then, like, refuse to talk to them or look at them anymore, um, you know, you're being a liar. Um, <laughs> so it's it's important that, you know, if if you're saying, you know, regardless of your answer, it's cool, it needs to be that. Yeah. So I guess, like, don't say things you can't hold up. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, one one of the great sort of ways to frame it is to is to think, you know, you don't you don't want to you don't want to invest that type of uh, energy and time in someone who's not into it. So oh, yeah. them giving you a clear no is is actually a gift, right? Because yeah. it's like, okay, it cuts you loose. It lets you focus on, you know, on, on someone who, who might have strong or genuine interest. You know, the other thing about accepting a no is that not everybody is going to know how to give a good no. Yeah. Right? And so um, try to be respectful of ambiguity and, you know, and interpret, you know, a maybe or hesitance as a no. Yeah. You know, until that becomes um, a stronger yes or or you get a, a clear indication, don't take a yellow light as a sign to speed up. Okay. A yellow line means, you know, you're you're really you really have to have to slow down and then stop. Yeah. And that's that's particularly tricky because, you know, a lot of people have not had the practice of giving no yes. much. And as a woman, there's a certain amount of risk involved in rejecting, especially if it's, if the request is coming from a man. Um, there's there's physical risk to me in that. And, you know, even if the person is terrific, like it's, you know, there's just too many examples of things going really wrong um, out there of, you know, based on rejection. So, you know, we tend to be trained to defer and to be unclear and to be vague because it's necessary. And it's also, it just makes it the communication so much trickier. Um, so people will tend to be like, Oh, not right now. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not, or, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I could be, but I'm not sure. And like, there's just a lot of things that you do to kind of, you know, attempt to diffuse the situation. And, it, it's tough. Um, so practicing being really clear with no's is a is a useful skill yeah. to do. But not everyone you ask is going to have practiced those yeah. skills. Um, so yeah, as as Flick was saying, you know, if you're getting hesitancy, if you're getting a maybe, read that as a no. Yeah, because the person giving you those answers just might not have the skill set um, to to give you the clear answer. So, so how do you give a good no? What are some, some good tips for, for how to give a good no? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I even, I just had to do this yesterday and with someone, you know, I'm really fond of, uh, in a friendship sense and it, it was awkward. And I, I found myself, even though I, I went through the steps, like wanting to add so much and wanting to go through all these things because I really like them and wanted to, to ease the, the blow of it, but there's really no, way to do that. Like, I, you know, if, if you're rejecting someone, it's going to suck for both of you. Um, yes. And um, you just need to be clear. So, you know, one of the things I tend to do and, and uh, learned to do is, you know, thanking them for taking the risk to say something. Yeah, like applaud their their courage yeah. for putting it out there because that that is often that that's a really hard step for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, signifying that you're flattered by their attention um, but then being clear and and saying, but I'm not interested in that, or I don't feel that vibe between us. Um, something that really makes it clear that there's like sort of a full stop at the end of that. Yes. Um, I'm not feeling that right now indicates to someone that they try again later. Yes, try again it's later. just bad timing. Um, so, you know, we tend to try to soften the blow with the sort of modifiers, yep. but those just decrease the clarity. Yeah. Um, so telling someone that, you know, you just don't feel that way about them um, is, you know, it's awkward, but it's it's better for that clarity. Um, and if there is something else that you might be up for, you can mention that. Um, you know, someone perhaps at a, at a play party kind of situation offers, you know, 
a, a specific act for with you and you're not interested in that particular thing, um, you can counter with, oh, yeah, I'm not actually up for sex with you, but I would love to cuddle if you'd like to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, you know, you can, you can counter with things if you are interested in something else. You don't have to, because if you just like a big old no, then. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you, uh, I would say if you want to cuddle, then, you know, then, then offer to cuddle. But if you don't want to cuddle, but you're willing to cuddle, yeah. like that's that, you know, that's where it can be, be a bit messy. I would, you know, so if you're a no, be a no, don't kind of downgrade to something that feels safer or okay to do even though you don't want to like mm-hmm. just let that person move on to to someone that that will be into them yeah um will give them a hell yeah who will give them a hell yeah and you know and i i um I, I actually wonder if there is room in there somewhere for an unambiguous maybe because uh you know these these ambiguous maybes we can we we should always interpret as no's Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we want the enthusiastic yes. So if you really are a maybe and not a no, or if you really are a not right now, then, you know, use stronger language about that. Like, you know, I'm not up for that right now, but could you ask me later? Could yeah. you ask me tomorrow? Yeah. Could we, you know, I, I might, you know, so be specific yeah. about your maybes. Yeah. That- if, asking them to ask you again yeah yeah. because you're not going to say that to someone that you're just trying to brush off absolutely yeah and and if you have if you feel like you've given um you know an an ambiguous maybe then keep in mind that you know um that if if they're being respectful there's a good chance they'll interpret that as a no so if if something does change if your maybe does become a yes or your maybe becomes not that but this then don't wait for them to come to you. You've already, you know, brushed them aside. If you, if you're, if you've changed, if you are, if you've become a yes, then maybe it's, it's your turn to, to come back and say, you know, you know how you asked me this? Why don't we, why don't we talk about that some more? Yeah. So most of these things that we just talked about, you know, in, in expressing your interest in someone, uh, comes up to ask for something like asking for your, a kiss for the first time. Yeah. Or for the second or seventh or (laughs) depending on the situation. I mean, that's, that's a, that, that is sometimes a big step that's hard to, to get over, especially, um, if it's somebody that you've had a different kind of relationship with that it's like, okay, we've talked about attraction, but now what, how do we actually go about like, you know, smushing parts together? (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to have to start taking off layers if that's happening. <laughs> it is getting warm in here all of a sudden. Um, so, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talked about in the in the previous section apply to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like specifically this is something where it's it's an embrace the awkward situation. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like, you know, hey, um, would would you like to kiss to see if we like it? You know, yeah. is this, um, you know, uh, or, uh, or sometimes, um, if I've had a lot of really intense flirting or sexual communication with somebody before a, a first date, yeah, then I might actually message them and say, you know, Hey, do you want to kiss at the beginning of the date so that we don't mm-hmm. have to sit through the date wondering when and if it's going to happen? Yeah. You know, and, you know, and sometimes like, um, I've referred to this as the kiss test. Sometimes you will kiss someone and it turns out there's nothing there. Yeah. And it's, it can be a really tough if you've invested a fair amount already in that connection. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's like, Oh, wait, this isn't really doing it for me. Yeah. And, you know, and you don't find that out until, until you kiss, you know, you might be, you don't find them, you might find them super attractive, but your body just, isn't responding to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dan Savage talks about like, you might just not like how their spit tastes. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a thing. There's, there's pheromones. Yeah. Like the, um, ki- uh, kissing is, is actually a pheromone test. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 
I do find it fascinating because there are people I really like and have had good sex with and, and we kiss and it's kind of like, Oh yeah, this is, this is fine. Um, <laughs> and sometimes it's technique and, and stuff like that too, that you, you have what works for you. And there's other people that you kiss and it's just like, yeah. <laughs> um, going to my happy place right now. Um, because like there's just sometimes you're just so compatible. Um, and it's likely a, pheromone thing that I almost said pheromonal. Um, I don't know if that's a word, but, um, you know, that, that you are so compatible in that, that like just having, you know, their mouth on yours and your spit mingling is just in itself such an extraordinary experience. And yeah, getting a little tingly. <laughs> Another um, a, a sort of formula that uh, I believe I learned from Charlie Glickman was about um, expressing yourself in a way that like, I'd really like to blank if you're interested. Or you can sort of switch around the sentence however you like, if you're into it or, you know, that kind of thing. But saying the thing that you want, and then asking for their, you know, enthusiasm and consent to that thing. Um, well, one of the interesting things about that formula is that it's it's actually not a question which can make it easier for someone who's feeling shy to to you know um to put it out there yeah. because you're not you're not actually kind of directly asking them you're just kind of expressing something it's so it's like I'd really like to blank if you're if you're interested I'd really like to kiss you or you know I'd really like to you know take our clothes off and cuddle or you know whatever it is yeah. um it's it's kind of it feels less uh threatening because you're really just expressing your own feelings yeah. And it also, in, in some ways, is safer for the other person because they're not necessarily saying no. They, you know, can say, I'm not into that or something like that in a way that, that is different than like, can I kiss you? No, you can't. Yeah. I would yeah. like to kiss you if you were interested. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. It does give um, them the opportunity for like a, a kind of softer rejection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's, that seems really common, especially, especially among vanilla people is the idea that um that asking is unsexy that it's um you know that 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 awkwardness and it and it creates makes it very mechanical um but uh but that is honestly complete horseshit like yeah. it's so it's so hot like you feel that zing when somebody asks you something that that you're that you're into it actually the anticipation actually creates um, more excitement and more, more tension. Mm -hmm. And for sure, you can ask in unsexy ways. <laughs> like it is really possible to ask someone to kiss you in an unsexy way. Yeah. Um, and this idea of asking for consent every step on the way that is often, um, really derided in a lot of, uh, pop popular culture stuff. Um, yeah, you can make that super unsexy. Um, but it, you can also make that so fucking hot. You know, someone looking deep into your eyes and kind of like growling, like, can I kiss you? Like, yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, or like, you know, can I, can I take your shirt off? Or yeah. like, or, you know, or even like, you know, a, it's slightly matter of fact, like, you know, I think you're really sexy and I'd really like to kiss you, you know, like, um, so, um, it doesn't, yeah, you you don't necessarily need to like perform or have a line or something like just yeah. May I kiss you? Yes. <laughs> May I take off your pants? Um, you know, yeah, that that would not be sexy unless we were maybe doing some robot role play. I don't know. I could I I feel like I could even get into that. Yeah, I but, could, I, I'd be down. <laughs> um, but it yeah it it is really hot and I and I think back to our uh, shen anniversary party yeah. where we we made it a rule that everyone asked for consent at all times particularly so the person who was there that hadn't played with the group anyone before, yeah. um didn't feel completely left out and like they were the only person who had to ask for consent because they didn't know people yeah like seeing um, everyone else having a seamless rapport yeah. and then you're the you're the asshole you're who like, just has hey hey would you like you know but but yeah like that um it it we we did it to alleviate that that person's you know anxiety potential anxiety 
but it was actually super sexy yeah. hearing people ask for stuff. Yeah, or, you just hear across the room someone asking to do something to someone else, and you're like, <laughs> 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 yeah, um, it was it was really it was really great, and and so asking for consent can be so fucking hot, and. And the example that you gave of, of just saying, like, I'd really like to kiss you, which isn't actually a question. Um, the other person, if they are a yes for that, will often lean in and kiss you. Yeah. Um, yep. so, you know, that is your answer. Um, <laughs> so it, you know, it doesn't, yeah, it, it can be just so seamless and hot and. There can be much pouncing and delightful things. Yeah, like it's it's not like a, a fucking romantic comedy love scene where yeah. it's just like you know no words and just everything's and, supposed to flow. Yeah, it just flows. You know, yeah, I don't want to don't want to ruin the moment with your gross words. <laughs> Yuck, <laughs> words. Ew. So we're gonna take a break. Yeah, and we'll be right back with more on the wet coast. Nearly 20 years into her marriage, Kat and her husband faced head-on the great underlying fear of most monogamous people. My partner wants to have sex with other people. For them, that truth led to a roller coaster of new sexual and romantic adventures. After starting things off with a fun and friendly threesome, this couple explore ethical non-monogamy through swinging, casual sex, group sex, solo dating, and eventually stumble into polyamory. In her new book, Yelling and Pasties, The Wet Coast Confessions of an Anxious Slut, Kat Stark tells the story of her first three years in non-monogamy, how her life and relationships evolved, from the dirty, dirty sex to the heartbreak, and back again, without glossing over the parts where she upped it right up. Join Kat on her very sexy journey by buying Yelling and Pasties, available at Amazon. Find out more at onthewetcoast.com. And we're back. Um, so we've talked, we've talked about, um, about getting, asking for that kiss and then, you know, kind of intimated a little bit more about how that applies to asking for other things. You know, um, sometimes when you're on a sexy date, transitioning to that, those sexy times can be, can be awkward. It can be tough to know, you know, when, when the right moment is, you know, maybe, maybe you have been kissing or making out, but you know, um, how do we go from, from, uh, you know, hanging out to taking clothes off? Yeah. It's a surprisingly challenging thing because I've, I've found that even when you're getting together with the intent to play, you know, we've got someone here in the love den and, and, you know, invited them over like with express. To, to have sex. Yeah. Yes. It's been super clear. Like no one is in, in doubt of this or you've gone on a swinger date or you've, you know, arrived at the hotel for a threesome or whatever has happened. You know, you, you're all yeses. Yeah. Um, but it can still be. A, a challenging transition. So like, how do you, how the hell do you get from social chat time to the naked fun times that you all signed up for? Yeah. And, and I actually feel like it generally seems to be hard, harder or, or sort of, you know, less, um, less natural transitioning, uh, into sexy times, the more people there are in the room because, yes. because there's the more people there are, the more social energy there is and yeah. the more, uh, momentum there is for the kind of, you know, bantering and conversation part yeah. of it. And yeah. it's, it's like, you know, eventually you're going to have to cut somebody off yeah. and, uh, you know, and to get things started. Yeah. And it's tough because sometimes you're having a great time yes. and uh, like really good conversation. And it's like, okay, I, I want this, but I also want that other thing that we came here to do. Yeah. Well, and we can always talk, you know, later when, you know, we're all tired and, and having our snacks after the sexy times. Yeah. And there was, uh, you know, or, or, you know, tomorrow when we, you know, go out for brunch or, you know, there's, there are other chances to, to, to socialize. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're burning daylight here. <laughs> um, and so if everyone is shy and no one is really comfortable, uh, taking the initiative, it gets more challenging, uh, and, and time becomes really relevant. Yeah. Um, as someone who does not have an endless, a attention span and <laughs> B ability to stay up late, 
um, I'm very conscious that if we have talked for three hours, like I might be done yeah. before we even get started with. We the might sex. have time for like one orgasm yeah. before you're like, okay, this is this gone on long enough. Yeah, that's like I'm just gonna nap in the corner. You all <laughs> go do your thing. Um, Don't you have a fantasy that goes something like that? Well, that involves like being unconscious and oh, okay. doing things to me <laughs> and video recording that so I can watch it later. Well, speaking of which, that's that's one of your lines for kicking things off is like, you know, uh, does anyone want to do things to me? Yes. Yes, it is. And I, I used it very successfully quite recently. Yes, that's very excellent. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, and 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 another one, which um, which was one of our house guests where we were like, you know, oh, so, you know, did, um were you rethinking of uh, going to bed soon? No, no, no. Like, just not really. This is this is one of those situations where sometimes you don't know if sexy times are on the table, even yeah. if it's somebody that you you know you have had um, a sexual relationship with. Um, but uh, but she said, you know, I I didn't know if there was anything else planned, and yeah. and we were like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. and so we pretty much just like sprung into action yeah. at that point. Yeah, unfolding the hide a bed, getting all the sheets, getting the throws, the toys, the yeah. safer sex supplies. Like we were just on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we weren't sure if she was up for that, like that particular day. Yeah. Even exactly. though we got that dynamic with her. Um, yeah, it was a good way. But I think we're jun- jumping ahead of ourselves a oh, little bit. Um but we were talking about the the time crunch. So, you know, getting things started is important. Um, people might have sitter at home that they need to get back for so yeah um, it's true that is true or they might need to work or like there's a lot of reasons that it is important to get things going yeah it might not be practical for them to be up till 3 a.m boning yeah yeah so um some of the things that can be great icebreakers can be games it's true like um some people make fun of this but um i actually found you know playing sexy games a really great way of of kind of getting into the sexy vibe when we were on some of our first dates. Yeah, especially when we first were trying swinging, we were so nervous and had no idea how to how to get things going. So the fact that the people we were with were just like, let's play this game. Um, just it made it so easy and gave us a focus and it got us because it was a sexy game got us into the energy of that moment so games like truth or dare can be really effective um strip poker if you want to start getting people naked there are uh, quite a few pre-packaged like sexy games that are sometimes truth or dare um or other kinds of things many of them are quite terrible yeah they're pretty bad as a rule um we've bought a few different ones after having played the fun game with our friends and and some of the tasks like I felt a little physically ill. Um, so, you know, your mileage may vary. And so sometimes the prepackaged ones are awesome and other times they're just not good at all. But um, there is a new one. There's a Kickstarter running for one called The Effing Truth um, by Carsey Blanston. And I I believe I've read some of her writing and I think she's a songwriter and stuff like that and is quite clever. And the art on these cards looks really cool. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, and so, yeah, um, that might be one I'd be willing to check out. Um, yeah, we'll link to the Kickstarter in our show notes. Yeah. So uh, if anyone is interested, but it's, yeah, it's got some cool stuff. So there are some some things out there and it seems like people are trying to make some better games yeah. uh, out there. Um, but we can also link to our show notes because I did at one point write out the instructions for the strip high-low <laughs> game that we had played um, with our first swinger friends. But uh, we can always just like briefly talk about it. Yeah, it's you know it, it's essentially just a just a game of of uh, drawing cards and guessing um, guessing whether the next card is going to be higher or lower than yeah. the last card. And then there's, there's sort of a, a structure for, you know, taking your clothes off as you lose and, um, and then kind of, uh, raising the stakes yeah. by, you know, having a bowl full of sexy dares that you can yeah. draw something out of. So, uh, it's, it's a, it's a pretty fun game. And what's great is that you don't need to have a, a head for games yeah. or, or any interest in card games to, to yeah. really be able to pick up, pick it up pretty quick. 
Yeah, because like I would be the wrong person to play strip poker with because I hate poker. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, the fact that we would be getting naked and eventually having sex would have me much more motivated to play poker. But that is just not something I enjoy. But I found the other one fun. And we also wrote out our own dares and, and stuff like that. So it allowed for the, you know, the sort of opting in of things you'd be interested in, in trying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, like at any point, if if we weren't interested in doing the thing that was on the dare, you just picked a different one and well, yeah. Um, consent. You're not like, you yeah. Know, yeah. You're not you know, beholden. Yeah. But people can sometimes feel like obligated in that situation. It's so true. It's worthwhile. Um, always mentioning that, that you, you know, yeah, you don't have to do things. So you don't feel pressured to, to do things. Yeah. You're, just cause you're playing a game. doesn't mean you need to do the thing you don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sexy movies or TV shows can also be kind of a fun way to to get in the mood for that. If you've got um, things you like watching that have some great sexy scenes on it, or you know, even if you want to throw some porn on, if people are into that, it can it can just you know put people in a sexier headspace. I feel like that is something that definitely needs to be combined with some more explicit stuff, right? Like um, if you're if you're having a gathering and you're not really sure whether people mm. are going to be having sex or not and you put porn on, it might just turn into people just watching porn. Yeah. And this has happened at vanilla parties. So it doesn't, you know, having porn on doesn't necessarily mean people fucking. No, but this was, again, we we're talking about transitioning from, yeah. from chatting to sexy. Um, you know, some of the the movies that have, have been out um, that are talking about non-monogamy can be kind of a fun thing or you know there's there's different ways to to have that happen so it can just get people in in the headspace for it um one of our favorite things is the sex toy show and tell oh yeah it's so great um so yeah we love to just bring things out and that was uh again in some of our earlier swinger experiences where we'd gone to visit will and l in Chicago and they uh, showed up with a pile of toys and just started laying them out on the coffee table eventually. Yeah. Check this um, out. Well, that was a, a big feature of the lady bang too, wasn't it? Mm. Was, you know, just lining up all the toys and everybody kind of ooing and eyeing over it. And, yeah. yeah. Then being like, Oh wow, I want to try this. One. <laughs> yes. And it's like a smorgasbord. Exactly. And you get a sense of what people might be up for and right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a really great way to, um, have discussions and, and get talking about really sexy things because it's like, oh, yeah, well, I, I, you know, tried this and I had this experience. Like, once you get people talking about sex as opposed to, you know, talking about the the movie they saw in the theater recently, um, you know, you're going to have an easier time getting into that sexy space. So it, uh, yeah, it can be a, a great way to to get things happening. And you can also like, Someone being like, oh, I've always wanted to try that. Well, would you like to try that right now? I'd love to show you. Yeah. Yeah. There um, you go. Boom. It's uh, the things have gotten started. Yeah. So it can be a fantastic uh, segue for that. Yeah. And um, and it, it starts off very non-threatening, right? It's like, hey, we're just showing. And also, um, you probably have toys that you haven't really gotten a chance to use very much, mm -hmm. but you're still very proud of them. And so yeah. bringing them out to show people, maybe again, you won't get a chance to use them, but it, you know, it's kind of fun. How, you know, we invest a lot of money in these things and mm -hmm. some, of, some of them are really, you know, works of art. Yeah. Yeah. Although we definitely have played with some people who weren't into toys and thought we were weird for having had all the toys <laughs> and that, you know, I remember doing some show and tell with them and them just being a bit like, that's weird that you have all these, like, and, you know, because that just wasn't their thing. Um, so, you know, again, your mileage may vary. But generally, if you've gotten to the point where you're at the at the sexy times stage, um, you know, you're gonna have more of a sense of what you might be into. Uh, so one of your favorites is actually just to take your clothes off. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you, <laughs> I've noticed this is especially if it seems like there's a, a conversation that shows no sign of any ending yes. anytime soon, yeah. you will stand up and start taking your clothes off yeah. or, um, 
or a, a few people I've seen do the move where they will just they'll they'll slip out for a minute and then come back either with no clothes on or in their like, you know, hey, let's have sex outfits, yeah. whatever those might be. Yeah, because it's definitely when I don't know how to even remotely initiate the transition, just someone being in their underwear tends to shift the vibe <laughs> of the room. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely one of my go-tos. And if I just think people are going to talk forever, if I don't make something happen, I just tend to make th- something happen. And because I'm awkward, I just, yeah, I just do the thing. <laughs> there's, there's no nuance. It's just like, all right, close off. And I mean, if you're less lazy than me, you could do a strip tease. Um, start getting, if there's some music on, start dancing all sexy, maybe start dancing with someone sexy, but maybe come in in a police officer's uniform and <laughs> threaten to arrest somebody. <laughs> That's less sexy than it used to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, or you can like demonstrate your your fancy belly dance moves or, <laughs> or do the sexy dance from what we do in the shadows. Um, there, there are a lot of options for 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 this uh, taking your clothes off thing. When you are a vampire, you become <laughs> sexy. <laughs> oh. um, or the other thing is just the awkward blurt. Um, yeah, as you said, that's, um, you know, I've, I've definitely done the, like, who wants to do stuff to me? Who wants to fuck? Um, as speaking of our, our time with Will and Elle, uh, he just is like, after showing us all the toys, he was like, well, that was my move. What does anyone else got? You know, <laughs> um, and at that point I was still a bit too shy, so I didn't just take off my clothes. So I just kissed him and, and things went from there. But, um, yeah, it was just someone deciding like, okay, we need to transition this or, or it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Sometimes I, I will say, so should we take each other's clothes off? Um, yeah. that's the, that's a, that's, that's one of, that's one of mine. That's one of your go-tos. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, so it, uh, it can be, or, you know, the, I really like to kiss you if you'd be into that or, um, I'd really like to show you my underpants. <laughs> I'd really like to do a bunch of filthy things to you. You know, there's there's a lot of options for that. So, uh, but again, just like acknowledging that it's awkward, just kind of blurting it out, and it it the transition happens. And generally, once you're all like rolling around naked together, like no one is like, oh, that that, that segue was a little yeah, little that was awkward. that was inelegant. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the the awkward blurt is is kind of a pretty effective mood for everything that we've talked about, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, something that doesn't try to, to like finesse the situation, but is just like, you know um, yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is where I want, where I want to go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and that, that earnestness actually, it um, people respond to that because yeah. they, you know, Generally, they're in the same space, wondering what's going to happen next, wondering, yeah. wondering if we're going to kiss, wondering when people's pants are going to come off. Yeah. You know, um, so so yeah, just embracing that that awkwardness. Um, it, you know, and a lot of the time, you know, especially in kind of the the sort of later stages of the things we've been describing, um, yeah, everyone's on the same page. It's it's a done deal. You are, go- you know, as long as someone eventually makes the first move, yes. you are going to have sex. Yeah. Um, you know, so better to do that before, you know, someone has had, you know, uh, one too many whiskey sours yeah. or, or it's getting close to the time when, when people usually go to bed, like, don't, don't leave it too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the clarity of the awkward blurt is that's true too. Is, yeah. You know, for, for someone like me that does not read subtle cues, um, I need that clarity that someone is saying, like, I want to have sex now. Um, or, you know, like that, that allows me to be like, I also want to do that. <laughs> um, whereas if someone was like, Hey. Oh, know, the, yeah. Like the, yeah, I was thinking maybe we could, you know, transition this to something all little. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Uh, it's just, yeah. I mean, some people respond to some the, people love that. To the smooth talker, but, um, but, but some people find that off putting. Yeah. Like the, um, you know, the, the schmoozy, you know, the, um, yeah, like don't just, just be, just be real. And, you know, we're, we're totally admitting it's not always easy, you know, even when you have experience with it. And even when you've gotten together with the intent of getting naked together, it can be difficult to, to make the transition. But the more you practice it, the easier it gets. Or, um, and even if you don't really get better at it, you get, you get better at not being good at it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You get better at just doing it and not really caring because you have the net. Uh, result of of getting to do the sex yeah yeah and you know and and if you're um if you're in a, a social circle with a lot of like awkward penguins if you end up being the the penguin that kicks uh kicks everything off then um you know then uh, i don't know where i'm going with this maybe they'll put a pin a, a sheriff badge on you you're this <laughs> you're the sex sheriff <laughs> Yes, picturing a penguin with a badge and yeah um yeah that this this that didn't work out very well this analogy this analogy just went down in flames it it is flying about as well as a penguin Penguin. (laughs) (laughs) but i but i get it and people do appreciate when someone else makes the move yeah and it's funny because i am you know, so shy and introverted, yet I'm often the one who just just throws down. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and there are also people who will um who you, who we know who will never initiate, but as soon as somebody initiates, bang, they're on fire. Yeah. Like they they are gonna go for it. Yeah. So it's it's worth taking the risk and putting yourself out there. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Please help boost our visibility by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It means a lot to us and helps us get into those ear holes of more listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at Wet Coast Cat with a K, at Serious Flick, at On the Wet Coast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash On the Wet Coast. You can email us contact at onthewetcoast.com. And you can read Kat's blog at onthewetcoast.com or lifeontheswingset.com under blog heading, you guessed it, On the Wet Coast. You can hear a lot more of Kat by buying the audiobook of Cooper S. Beckett's novel, A Life Less Monogamous. Oh, and approaching the Swingularity, and you can hear you too. You need to update this uh, piece of it. Yeah, this needs updating. So yeah, you can enjoy more of me in <laughs> Approaching the Swingularity. Available at ApproachingTheSwingularity.com. Enter code WETCOAST at checkout to save 10%. Also available on Audible.com. Check out other awesome sex-positive podcasts on the Swingset Network at Swingset.fm. This is Aislinn Amerzian, co-author of The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure. You're listening to a Swingset podcast at Swingset.fm. Checking our levels. Level check, level check, level check, level check. So, welcome to On the Wet Coast. Join us on the Wet Coast. This is On the Wet Coast. A whole bunch of Wet Coast stuff. The coast, it's wet. It, 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 it's wet. (laughs) Are you high? (laughs) I wish. I'm just bad at this. Sky train, that is the sky train.